We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal Stories of Soccer Legends. Narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly, each Monday two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. From Holland, Messi, Rapinoe, and many more, each episode will focus in on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and listen to Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends wherever you get your podcasts. Hello folks, Colin Kelly here from Rotoviz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a Rotoviz NFL pass right now on the rotoviz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools and sets you up perfect for the NFL season. All you have to do is add the code 2020RVRADIO at checkout or by going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information. And of course, while you're listening to the podcast on the network, helps us out a lot if you can rate and review on your favorite podcast app. I really do appreciate that. As I mentioned at the start, Road of His Overtime with Sean Siegel twice a week. If you haven't already checked it out, be sure to do so after this show. But let's get straight into it. Enjoy the podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I am your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at MattJonesTFR. And I am joined, as always, by Evan at eCheney69. What's up, Ev? How are we doing? We lasted 43 seconds into the StreamYard era. Yeah, the it, it, was, Before we had... it was a glorious run. Uh, it really was. Oh, uh, man. Last week's tournament was fun. It was. It was good stuff. We you know, uh, we had a nice little yeah. playoff that uh, that you couldn't really watch. Um, yeah, yeah. What? Why? Fun. Is there something in the TV contract that prevents golf from actually being shown? Yeah, I think. Uh, is that I, that I think issue? that golf is is very happy to just exist um, and not be seen or heard. <laughs> I was actually in I, my I don't, car. I, don't get that move. I was in my car listening on. Uh, on Sirius XM to the playoff because I was uh, I was running out to the supermarket. So it actually worked out pretty nicely for me. Um, but yeah, I know it's it's just it's almost to the point now where it's like like they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> like it's just too it's too crazy that that's actually how golf exists. But what are you going to do? Commit to the meme. You commit to the meme. 
and there we go. That's what they tell me. Right. Um, so yeah, so it was, it was a good tournament. Colin Morikawa, uh, like I mentioned on the solo pod was one of the cash locks. So that was nice. Um, we, uh, we'll just ignore the fact that Joel Dahman was also a cash lock and, uh, and, and move on (laughs) with, with the rest of our week. Yeah. So that's two weeks in a row with like, just the, the guy who shoots 77 on Thursday as a cash lock. So, um, However, it is two times in a row at Muirfield that I've picked the winner. So pay attention for the cash locks at the end, kids, because winner's going to be in there. Just saying. Um, all right. So real quick, before uh, before we get started, I do want to remind you guys that if you are not already subscribed uh, over at Rotoviz, you can use the code bogeyfree to get a listeners-only discount. Uh, it'll give you access to PGA... Uh, all my PGA stuff, all the tools on the site, as well as all of the NFL content. So um, you can you can test it out for for about nine dollars a month, or you could go for the whole rest of the season. You could buy a year, two years, whatever you want to do. Um, and the NFL stuff is all included, so pretty good deal. Um, all right, let's uh, let's jump right in to the buy or sell. We are going to start with. Some uh, some guy at nine thousand dollars named Tiger Woods. Uh, perhaps perhaps some of our listeners have heard of him before. Uh, he's coming oh. back. He's he's coming back after the uh, after the long layoff. You'll remember back in I guess it was like February um, that he played really well at Tory and then uh, looked looked pretty awful at the Genesis. Um, and then, then we didn't see him again. So, um, what are your, what are your thoughts on tiger? Uh, he's obviously cheap. Um, so that's nice, but what, what do you, what are we thinking here? I don't know. I, exactly. Like, that's, can you really, that's the fault, only answer. Yeah. I mean, can you really fault anyone that plays tiger? No, he's been good here. Obviously course history is not something that um, you know, we prioritize here, but he's performed well at Mirafield in the past. And I-, I wouldn't be shocked if he went on a run, did well. I think I think even the more casual crowd will be on him heavily as per usual. And also just because I, I know that there's a lot of um there's a lot of prop bet odd boosts where they yes. where you can get him where you can get him to make the cut at even money. I actually got him on DraftKings at plus one twenty to make the cut. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's up anymore, but like, that's what I got him at. But still, yeah. I mean, I, I think that might actually drive ownership. Yeah. I'm, I'm any, curious you know, on top of everything else, obviously. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious as always, like he's always um, one of the more difficult people to project for ownership because obviously everybody is going to talk about him during the week. Um, yeah. But the the issue is, you know, usually that's a sign that you, a guy's going to see high ownership. But everybody talks about Tiger on every show. Every you know, everybody tweets him, uh, tweets about him, or whatever. So uh, his his ownership always seems like it's going to be super high. And really, uh, over the past like year or so, I think I've probably overestimated his ownership um, more than I've really gotten it right. So. Um, that's definitely something to consider. I do think that, uh, his price is going to be enticing enough that he's probably going to be a bit overowned. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, like pushed up towards like 15% right now. I have him at 16%. I'm probably going to drop it. Um, that's just what the model spit out to start. So, I I mean, realistically, I think you probably have to, uh, not not like outright fade him, but I know I'll probably be a little bit underweight um, relative to whatever the ownership ends up being. I'll probably have like ten percent of him, eight or ten percent, and then you know a a top five just for like FOMO factor, basically. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I, I I mean if you're going if you're going to build multiple lineups, you need exposure to him. If you're going to play a single lineup. Yes, no. I I think he, single lineup with him. 
I don't think he is in like three entry or lower for me. Um, 20 is kind of the borderline, like 20. I probably put him in one lineup. Um, and obviously when you build 150, you can, you can get your exposures a little bit closer to where you really want them. So I think that that is probably, um, like I said, like the eight to 10% is probably where I, where I cap it. Unless for some reason it looks like he's only going to be, you know, if, if he falls down to like 10%, then I think that there's a case to maybe go a little bit overweight. Like you, you really in this range are going to see, well, you know, we're going to talk about a couple of these guys here, but you're going to see, uh, I think relatively flat ownership just because like, I mean, tiger's 9,000, you can go all the way down to, uh, you know, Leishman at 7,800 and feel pretty good about clicking on any of these names. Um, like without without really second guessing anything, e- even like down like Streelman and Poulter, like there are so many guys in this field that are either playing well or way cheaper uh, relative to their talent level that I think you probably um, you probably see ownership flatten out a little bit more than usual. There will be some concentration on a couple of guys, but um yeah, if it's if it's pretty flat, I'm I'm perfectly happy like matching or being slightly underweight and moving on with the rest of my decisions. Yeah, and then we could talk about Cantlay, who you know he came in seventh here last week. Hard to make a golf case against him because of that, right? I mean, you have like, we don't have this most weeks, but you have immediate course history to look at. You don't have like a year's wait between tournaments. You have. You know, we have something from last week that we can look at and say, he did well here last week. Are we going back to that well? I mean, I think this I think this week might be the ultimate test of how strong course history might be. Yeah, I mean Would you agree? No. No? No, I'm not, like, <laughs> I'm not saying like how predict like okay. If there's any case to be made for course history to be predictive, this week would be it. Like if if Cantlay goes out there this weekend and just sucks, like you know, 60th place, maybe even a miscut, then we could just sit here and say, fuck course history. Excuse my language, but you know, here we are. Uh, but you know, we could we could say that. But if he goes out there and and gets another top ten finish, then I don't know. Can we make anything of that? Either no, I way, mean, it's still either way at 9,800. He just seems way too cheap for a guy that just performed really well here. Yeah, no, he definitely played well. And looking back uh, through through the splits app, I looked at how he's played here in general. He's averaged over 10 and a half strokes gained T to green um, in the 16 rounds that he's played here, which is just obviously absurd. But he's also playing really well. Like his past four starts, he's finished at least tied for 17th or better um and obviously like you mentioned he was in the top 10 last week so it's not like this kind of stuff doesn't there's there's just not really a lot here for me to just be like oh yeah well like if patrick cantlay plays well here two weeks in a row that means that that course history is is a thing that i need to pay attention to because it's patrick cantlay like yeah. he's one of the best golfers in the world to me i mean he's definitely one of the best ball strikers um yeah so i i, I get what you're saying um i think that that will probably make the rounds this week on twitter that's going to play in a role in ownership oh for sure i mean, I mean it does every yeah. it does every week and he he, I mean, I, I, like I said, I don't, I don't pay a ton of attention to it, but I doubt that there's a lot. I doubt that there's a lot of golfers in this field um, that have averaged more strokes gained tee to green or more DraftKings points at this course than him. So I get all that, and I think that that ends up pushing ownership towards him. Which, yes, he will probably, um, he will probably play well because he plays well most of the time that he makes a start on tour. Um, yeah. But I do think he's going to be one of like the top two or three owned guys, and ninety eight hundred. He's in that range where I'm, I'm, I just am going to keep, I'm just going to keep fading those guys. Um, 
It just historically hasn't been, it hasn't been worth eating that chalk. The only way you get around it is if you go like three X or four X, uh, whatever their ownership is going to be. And they, they hit cause that's the, you can't, you can't match the ownership on a guy like that and expect to make money. It, Cause you're just, you're going to be exactly where everybody else is. And you're still going to have to get every other decision that you make. Right. You have to, you like have to lean into the chaos a little bit and say, you know what, if Cantlay ends up, you know, T 53, then you're, you're probably in business if you only had 8% of them. Yeah. Uh, that's, that sounds about right. Um, and then we can look at answer, right? We can look at answer at 8,500, a little bit cheaper than everyone else. He did not play here last week. Um, right. What do you make of him? I mean, he's strong on approach, something that I value a lot, you know, at least with this course. Um, is very consistent across the board, even with putting, as volatile as that can be. Are we on him in 8,500? I say yes. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely. I'm definitely on him this week. Um, I am <clears throat> right now projecting him for like around eighteen and a half percent ownership. Um, guys that hit that in this range uh, have hit their ceiling about twenty three percent of the time. Um, and answers just been playing great. Like I, I looked it up in the splits app before from the start of twenty eighteen um, to when play stopped back in March. He was averaging 1.7 strokes gained T to green. And since we've restarted over the last three events, he's averaging about eight and a half strokes gained T to green, which is uh, a significant improvement. If you're not, if you're not a numbers person, uh, it's uh, that's pretty good. So um, he's hitting over 70% of his fairways. He's hitting over three quarters of his greens in regulation. Um, so all of those things are, are good signs. The fact that he's going to be owned in that range is a good sign, um, for, you know, historically that those price jumpers have been, uh, have been good bets. So, um, I will probably be like 40 to 50% on him in my 150 build. Okay. What do you think? That's fair. I mean, yeah, or you think you, do you think that's aggressive or I'd go thirty percent? I don't know. There's there's a lot in this mid eight range that I would want to that I want to kind of spread my exposure to. Right. Um. Maybe like, if I were making one lineup, I might just put all my eggs in the answer basket. Um. But multiple lineups, I, I would spread that a little bit more even. Yeah. So right. if, if you're doing, if you're doing three max, he'll be in one and then. Yeah. And then I'd say maybe a Woodland lineup, you know, and possibly like a, who else do I really want down here? Maybe a Sanjay Eam. Oh, just baby. To be oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Don't I mean, it back at some point. Yeah. we can talk. Well, I mean, we talk for, about that when we get to him but... for, for my bankroll. I hope so. <laughs> I can't keep punting off money on T20s for Eam only to have him, you know, make the cut and then shoot like 76 on uh, on Saturday and or Sunday. It's really oh, he's an expert at just make like he'll do everything he needs to to make the cut. And then... Yeah, just it's like really, Saturday and Sunday don't matter. Really not great. Um, yeah. I wouldn't say so, but yeah. So, yeah, I think I think answer answer is a strong buy. Um Cantlay and Woods, I'm going to be underweight, but certainly not, um, you know, just like not zero percent, just, yeah, no just underweight. Paid. They're three quarters of their ownership, something in that range. Uh, it seems like it would be seems like it would make sense to me uh, before we before we jump into our matchup. I do want to tell you guys about our sponsor bet online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. There's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's PGA tournament, the UFC fights, or check out odds for NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. You can also check out the daily simulations that they've been running for uh, Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. So make sure you visit betonline.ag. 
Use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. All right. So we have our matchup. Uh, I thought this one was an interesting one and a good way to talk about the two most expensive golfers in the field. Uh, we have Bryson DeChambeau, who is, uh, you know, making making a little bit of news recently, I guess. Uh, pretty uh, the the bulk that he's put on oh. the drives, uh, the fact that he just recently won. All of those things um, have pushed Bryson into more of like not completely like household name status, but definitely like casual golf fans that may watch on Sunday for sure know who Bryson is now. Um, that he's going to kill him. What's that? His diet's going to kill him. Oh boy, here we That's go. That's not sustainable. <laughs> Like, nutrition nutrition tout Evan Cheney. No, like <laughs> I can't wait for the number of all projections on calories for him. <laughs> I you want to see my calorie sheet? I have a whole <laughs> list of things I can talk about with nutrition. Because I've been working on this whole this whole thing here. Oh baby. Oh god. These gains don't come from eating six pieces of bacon every day. Let me oh, tell boy. you. Lean meats, boy. Anyway. Oh, god. As far as we're, as far as, as far we as literally the, just lost so many viewers on the stream. Yeah, if you're listening to this show, God bless. <laughs> um, but yeah, as far as this matchup is concerned, we have Bryson at even money. And it's like, why is he even money as opposed to being the favorite? He is going to be the number one golfer in the world very soon. I'm just throwing that out there. And a talent like that, like, okay, yeah, Justin Thomas obviously played very well here last week, but... I think just Bryson is such a smart guy, right? He understands how to adjust his game to the course that he's playing at. And this course prioritizes driving accuracy. And while that, well, you know, like while that isn't normally how we think of Bryson, right? We think of him as the guy that's just going to chuck, not chuck, but just like smash the ball, you know, 350 plus yards every single time. Um, I think, you know, like I said before, He's he's smart enough to to know how to adjust his game to these types of courses. I mean, we can even look at the Travelers, where such a thing was necessary, or RBC Heritage, where you would prioritize, um, or you prioritize accuracy over something like distance. He came in sixth and eighth place in those tournaments, so yeah. like we know he can do it. And you know, every every stat that I look at, he is better than Justin Thomas, except maybe on approach. Justin Thomas might be a little bit better there, but like everywhere else, Bryson is just better than better than Justin Thomas in the leading form. So, him at even money is is the bet you have to make here. If if given this this bet and these odds, very very quickly too. I I we haven't talked about it yet, but I know after um after the most recent uh, time we saw him, what was at the Rocket that he won um the. There's this there's this weird thing going on where like he's actually losing strokes on approach a lot of the time, and that's just simply because he's driving it too far um, for for the approach to like he doesn't need you, to approach right like you have yeah. to be if your if your approach shots are from you know one thirty out in the middle of the fairway and you hit it to eight feet, you're obviously gaining a decent chunk of strokes. If you were, if you're ending up eight feet away, but you are hitting it from, you know, 40 yards short of the green, that still counts as your approach number. But because you're from 40 yards away, you don't gain as many strokes because of like, does that, am I explaining that the right way? Like, yeah, it, you, if you're driving it too far and too accurately, you, there's no way that you can gain a ton of strokes on approach. It's just, it's impossible. You're gaining all of those strokes off the tee. That's the whole, that's the whole point. So, yeah. And I think that's, what's important about explaining some of these numbers. Cause you know, people, I don't know if a ton of people understand everything about the stats that people cite every week. Right. Right. Like, Oh, for sure. I mean, stroke gained, strokes gained is confusing 
sort of regardless of weird like story. how deep you are into the weeds here. Um, so I, I just I definitely I just wanted to bring that up now that he's back in the field because I really, um, I really think that it's being, uh, it's being talked about by some people in the wrong way, and um, I just I just think it's important to understand that like you're you just simply can't gain that many strokes on approach because of how far you're driving it. It's the same thing as if you hit 18 greens in regulation, you're not going to gain any strokes around the green, but that doesn't mean your short game isn't good. You know what I mean? Like, or, you know, you hit 16 greens in your round and you're striking it great, but you hit two bad chip shots around the green. It's going to look like your short game sucks, but it, it's not actually the short game. That's like really mattering that much. You know what I mean? So I just important. Yeah. What's important is that, these numbers involve context. Right. And, you know, it's, it's important to look at every angle and figure out, you know, why did, why did Bryson win the rocket mortgage and yet lose half a stroke on approach? Right. Or I don't know. What's another example. It's not like Brant Snedeker a few weeks ago that lost like seven strokes on approach at the travelers it, it, that wasn't because he was driving at 380 and then only hitting it to 10 feet instead of eight feet on his, on his approach. Oh, shots, just, just for the just record. Sucked. He just, um, so yeah. yeah, I just, like I said, I just wanted to make sure that we, uh, that we brought that up because I do think it's an important conversation to have. Yeah. Um, as far as this actual matchup, the, my simulator has this out of all the bets on bet online. It literally has it as the closest, um, so what is, what did I say? JT was minus 120, right? So <laughs> the, the simulator has Justin Thomas as a minus 118 favorite. So basically, basically, yeah, uh, no edge there. so yeah, a slight, um, you know, with, with the VIG, it's, it's basically a wash. Um, I personally would take Bryson for, um, just because you're getting, you know, you're getting the plus money there. Um, but it, I don't think it's actually something that I, that will make its way onto my card this week. I just, I just no. thought it was worth, uh, worth talking about to bring up the, uh, the more expensive guys. Um, so yeah, I think that is yeah. a perfect segue into the, into our pivots here. I see the graphic you did. You're doing good on this. I know. I, I, I was just going to say, um, I was really waiting for you to compliment me. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> Of course, I, I, I got to give you credit where, where it's I, can. A, I so rarely deserve credit that when it actually happens, I really need that reinforcement. It's good to know. I, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, you know, if you want to talk about, you know, this this part of the salary range, you can't you obviously can't ignore uh, Morikawa, who just won here. Right. You know, he's 10,000. Obviously, everything in his game works to win a tournament at this course. Um, I don't think he really needs too much of an explanation. Just, you know, everything he did before. Um, my my big thing here, although it might be a little bit out of the salary range that we normally that we uh, want to look at here, but I know I have a decky Dustin Johnson uh, head-to-head that I think has a ton of value. I think Decky, I have him, I have him plus 100 at, you know, even money over DJ. Cause I just think Decky does everything here better than DJ does. Um, they're even putting wise. So I don't really care about that, but like Decky's just a more accurate guy overall. Um, just, just better for this course is better driving accuracy. Um, Dustin Johnson, he just sprays, right? I don't know if that works here too well. Um, I'm not sure what his course history is, but I, I just know that I'd rather have Decky in that spot over DJ. I think both in DFS and actual betting, and he's $900 cheaper. Um, I'm all, I also take stabs at Webb. I like Webb here. Hovland can even do well. Um, hell, I you can make an argue, argument for this whole top range here. Yeah, uh, maybe other than Dustin Johnson. Yeah, I think I think Dustin Johnson will be um, will probably be the lowest owned in the ninety five hundred and up range. Uh, really, from nine k and up, I think he'll probably be uh, him and Brooks will be the two lowest 
uh, from 9K and up. But um, it's funny that you mentioned that head-to-head because I was talking to uh, our good friend Anthony Amico earlier, and uh, he said that was one of his uh, one of his large positions on Decky. So you guys are you guys are right on there. Um, I also I'm not sure if I be scared or not. I, I I also I have uh I have Decky as a minus one thirteen favorite over DJ. So um I'm definitely gonna play that at plus at plus money. That's a, a decent decent value there. Um but yeah, I think I think that I will have maybe like twelve to fifteen percent DJ just because of the you know playing the ownership there. I think Webb is going to be supremely under owned. Um and I would not be even kind of surprised if he ended up winning this week um, for whatever that's worth. So uh, he's third in the power ranking model, I believe behind Rory and Justin Thomas right now. He just edges out uh, Bryson currently. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's, those are the two, uh, you know, DJ and, and Webb are going to be the guys that I'm a little bit overweight on. Um, and then I'll probably, go a little bit underweight on everybody else in that range in my 150 build. It's fair enough. Um, I don't know. You, let, let's, uh, let's go on down here. You know, uh, uh, sub 9,500. We already talked about Decky. I mean, he, he, you know, 22nd here last week, not fantastic, but as per usual, Decky was, was uh, his downfall was putting once again. Losing two and a half strokes, he has gained putting. He has only gained strokes putting once this in twenty twenty. Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, like when? When? When is he ever going to get it? I don't know. It's never that, going to happen. Beside the point. But, like, but yeah, we should also mention that these greens um, are going to be running. Uh, much faster this week if if reports are to be to be believed and typically that um that sort of neutralizes the um to a certain extent neutralizes the putting advantage um that good putters have over bad putters so um i don't i don't mind playing decky at a place uh that's gonna have fast greens i have him with the eighth highest top 20 rate in the simulator um, which is, you know, right about where, where I guess he should be relative to his price. Um, but there's some guys that are going to be owned higher than him that, uh, are not, are not performing as well in the sim. So I think yeah. Decky is a, is a really good play. Rom, I think is going to get owned because of that Sunday, uh, that round that he had on Sunday, he shot like a 64, um, finished like 27. Top 27th, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that those uh, those two are going to make up a pretty decent clip of my ownership uh, exposure in this range. And then a little bit cheaper, um, I may, you know, I'll always, I always play Gary, but um, I well, think no, that... He, he got his, he uh, got the, the ping putter back, or putter, driver back. And he started playing well again. Oh, club so. club tout, nutrition tout. Look at this guy. Yeah. Really, you really came prepared tonight. You scour on Twitter every once in a while. You brought you brought it because of the uh, the the stream, I guess. I had to. I mean, once you get past all the DFS drama, there's like some useful information on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I think just continuing to move down a little bit. I think that getting um. I'm trying to see here. So from Berger at 8,700 to Eam at 8,200. So those six guys, I think if you pick two of them and get it right, they just like locked them, lock two of those guys into your lineup and got it right. Like the, that's the, that's the decision point um, for a lot of lineups this week, because it's right around average salary. Um, I think a lot of people are, like we said, are going to be on answer. <clears throat> but if Reed can figure it out, if Eam can figure it out, um, and you know you you have answer in Eam or something, you have answer in Fina, well, whoever it ends up being, um, I think that picking two of these guys is 
is likely the the way to go in a lot of lineups. And if I had to, I think it would probably be answer uh, and read. That's just me. Oh yeah, no, I mean I I can't fault that, right? I mean, you know, we spoke we talked about answer before. He's fine golf wise. Uh, Reed, hard to make an argument against him, except I am a little questionable of his approach game. Um, and and that is important here. Uh, but like you said before, context matters. Um, did you say you were going Fino? Um, I I can I, yeah. I'll probably be right around uh, right around his his ownership. I don't think I'm going to go yeah. crazy on him, but. I don't know. Um, he obviously he we know what he can do, but like he's just such he is just on such a cold streak right now. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't he hasn't really had his shit together since February. He had a couple good tournaments end of January into February. And so then, he's like, due then. I mean, if you believe in it, yeah. <laughs> For his sake, I hope he is. Um, you know, of course. I think you and I are on the same boat here where we're just going to like, we're willing to just sink on the Sunjay Eam ship. Yeah. Because like, we know what he can do. We know what he's capable of. I, I don't think we've seen his ceiling obviously as a golfer yet, but like right before the shutdown, he was on fire, right? Wins the Honda third place, the Arnold Palmer, even the first tournament back, he was 10th at Schwab, right? Yeah. Like, he was fine. And then it was just like a miscut 58, 53, 63. Um, just awful lately. Um, you just have to hope that his approach game comes back. Cause that's really where it just, that's really where his game turns off and on. Right. If the right. approach isn't there, he's just terrible. So I, I, I mean, I'm going to take my stabs with him just because I know he can do it. I know he's capable of doing it, but of course, you always just have to take it with the with the grain of hesitation that right now he just sucks. I don't know. That's the best I can put it. That's fair, right? <clears throat> All right. So, what do, what are you uh, what are you thinking about some some cheapos? Yeah, I mean, if we want so to talk, under seventy five or seventy five hundred and below, seventy five and below. Um, I haven't really dug that deep, but. I think Rory Sabatini is worth going back to. Yep. Just because, you know, comes in 17th last week. The only issue, he did lose strokes off the tee. That is a little worrisome just yeah. because, you know, the 17th might be a little fluky at that point. Um, depending on where ownership comes in, I'd go back there. Um, clearly someone who's worth rostering. Um was Corey Connors in the field last week? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He came in 39th, did struggle putting. Um, Shocker. Always struggles putting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I said that like it was inventable thing. Break, but, breaking news. Corey Connors had trouble putting. But, I mean, you know, this was one of his better tee to green performances. Um, that wasn't like a win or anything. But, you know, he also... He also gained five strokes on approach. I like seeing that, right? Yep. Um, he was fairly accurate off the tee. Uh, you know, if you want to look at fairways gained on uh, Fantasy National. So he has some of the pieces that are necessary for doing well here. Um, you know, as we may have seen last week. Just he needs to put it together, right? The, the putting game, it's not going to change. But the around the green game can maybe improve just a, a bit probably won't change either but you know it, with Corey connors we've seen these performances where he can gain like six strokes total and perform well you know yeah. especially at these more difficult <laughs> courses so you know I, I i think he's one of those guys where you could look at him and be like hey you can turn it around yeah for this one and he's cheap enough where it's okay to take some stabs at it what about you what are you where are you at here yeah, so from, I mean, Glover looks like he's going to be uh, a little bit chalky. I have him as the highest owned golfer underneath uh, underneath 7,500. So really the decision if you're going to play one of the owned guys is is Glover 
Horschel, Hadwin, maybe some Harris English. Um, those are those are kind of the the highest owned guys in this range. I like I like the Sabatini call. I think he's uh, he's obviously playing really well right now. Um, I think I'll probably. I don't think a lot of people are going to be on Wolf this week. I think I'm going to um, take some stabs at him, and uh, you know I'm I'm a sucker for Shuffler and and Domin, so you know that I'm just gonna just gonna go down with that ship again this week. But um, I, I think that they're I think those guys are all fine. Um, a little bit a little bit cheaper. Uh, I mean, Neesmith at 6,200 is is kind of hard to ignore. Um, Nick Taylor at 6,900 made the cut last week, really kind of faded on the weekend, but um, played really well to start last week. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed to going back to him. I think I think he's probably one of my favorites under 7K. Um, and then you know just. Other than that, like just take a take out a dartboard and and put the names up, because um, who you know you, who knows with some with some of these names it's yeah. like I don't know like do you you really want to play like Dirt McGirt or like I don't know like Zach Blair I really or somebody wanted to throw I really wanted to throw Maverick McNeely into the mix and then I saw he missed the cut. Um, actually, if you want a name, what about Chess? What about the homie Ches? He fits well here. And he did yeah. well here last week. 17. <clears throat> yeah. I'm telling you, accuracy off the... T- I think I came... I think I remember saying this last week, right? How I said that one of these... I, I named the list of guys, like Jim Furyk, Ches, like these dopes otherwise, um, who are just really accurate off the tee, but not good at anything else, really. Yeah. We're gonna, we're, they were going to do well. And Chez was on that list, and Chez came in seventeen. I like it. Stricker, however, uh, Stricker had a bad Sunday, on. but I, he's I, men. He did. I do have to. I do have to oh, add boy. my my Chez my Chez pick with a little bit of a caveat: is that he did overperform, I think, in putting relative to what he should be doing, right? Because normally he loses strokes putting, and last week he gained one point six strokes. Um, I mean, if he finished 17th, he overperformed somewhere. (laughs) I'm telling you, though, like these guys that (laughs) that only know how to hit these guys that only know how to hit fairways can do well here. Okay. Like they have pathways of doing well here. And I think having one of them on your team or on your lineups, whatever whatever the hell you call it these days, um, is is good, right? Because they're always like they're cheap and. They can have performances like these. I'm very much looking forward. <clears throat> I'm very much looking forward to the 11:50 a.m. Uh, DM from you, where when he birdies like holes four and five in a row, and uh, and then just fades into oblivion for the rest of the week. The best part <laughs> is like I'm sitting in the gym and I'm just resting from a you know oh, sick six. humble brag, and I. <laughs> Oh, you know, just just working on the curls, getting the biceps going, getting the pump going. Once I rack up my 200-pound bench press, (laughs) I just sit on PGA birdies and see what's happened for the last hour. And if you mentioned one guy and there's two fire emojis next to him, you're damn sure that it's in my my inbox at that moment. The sad part is you don't respond to me, and the only the only response I get from these tweets, like knowing that you received them, is this like this conversation on the show. Well, I usually that's the only I, acknowledgement. I give it a couple of minutes until I see you know like that same golfer with a quad bogey like four holes later because that's typically how it goes. Yeah, and then I then I just get rage quit and. It, then you start, start threatening start for next week, threatening the property and well being of the golfers. Typically, only, only in jest. Only. Oh yeah, no. If if the authorities are listening, those DMs are jokes. It is an inside joke between Evan and I. I've never um, gone near these guys. If HV three, if I sit in the same room as HV three, I never mention that I have a Twitter account. That's all. It's the only thing I could say. All right, let's uh, 
Let's, want cash locks? let's hit the cash locks and uh, and sign off here. We're sufficiently off the rails. So oh, it, we were we were never on. Let's be honest. Um, so I'll go Decky, and I'll also go. I'll go answer. Yeah, answer answer is like for sure, for sure locked in. I really I yeah. can't I can't imagine. Um, I can't imagine not at least like doubling or tripling, uh, his ownership this week. I think he's in a really good spot. Oh man. You know, I really, I really just want to say Reed. I think I'm just going to say Reed. I think answer and read. I, I, I just, I can't. I can't imagine, and this is like this is super narrative-y bullshit, and I hate listening to people that say stuff like this, but I just can't imagine him like showing up with this strong of a field and like not just like not playing well. Like he just he just seems to always figure it out when when there's when there's a good field. Um, you know, he was he was pretty much neutral on approach. Um, last week, but that was an improvement from uh, when he played in Detroit. So I do think uh, that maybe his game could be uh, trending in the right direction. And if he puts a little bit better, uh, he probably finishes like top 25 last week. And uh, then like his ownership is higher. His price is a little bit higher and everything is, is a totally different discussion. But um, yeah, I think I'm going to just live in that range right there go 8500 8400 uh and and call it a day as far as the cash locks go gotta call it a jason day oh god he actually like played golf this week it was absurd it's kind of shocking i know he's he's just playing every week like he looks better now i don't know what's happening i don't know Uh, the world is just turning upside down I'm very, very excited for the mid uh, Friday round Kevin Na withdrawal too. I can't wait for, I can't wait for Twitter to melt down at at two forty seven Eastern on on Friday when Na withdraws after playing four it holes. <laughs> it happens like twice in the in the PGA DFS history, and it's just like a meme. That in the in the Louis Oosthuizen in withdrawal at six a.m. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, like that- Na at least. At least Usain typically has the uh, the wherewithal to just be like, you know what? I just want to go to the zoo today. Like, I'm I don't really have any interest in playing golf, even though I'm a professional golfer. Um, yeah. But nah, will be like, I'm good, guys. Like, I'm fine. Everything's okay. Like Thursday night, you know, he has a a pee under his mattress, and uh, and and his back goes wonky again. Um, and people are gonna people are gonna roster now this week, uh, despite like all of the inherent risk with doing so. Um, so if you're one yeah, of those people, if you're one of those people, congrats, good luck, and uh, I look forward to your tweets. The rage, the 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 rage DFS world will. It's gonna be so great. Never I'm stop. Very, I'm very excited for it all. Um, uh, yeah. Before right. DFS Twitter implodes on itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well. That's uh that's imminent as well. Well, tonight we have some some things. Yeah, I. Nope, not touching <laughs> it. Nope, because this is this I'm is Periscope, and I can't edit the video. So nope, You're not right. uh not mentioning it. I think everybody on DFS Twitter is great and nice people, and oh. are uh have a lot of valor and dignity. And uh, I disavow anybody who is saying otherwise, unless no, I mean, even those people are fine too. Like everybody can have their uh, opinion. Everything's fine. That's all. That, that, we should just leave it at that and call it a day. Nobody, nobody listens this, this deep into the show anyway. So it's fine. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's get out of here. So we will, uh, we will all talk soon. Make sure that you are following us on Twitter. I'm at Matt Jones TFR. Evan is at eChaney69. And um, good luck in your contest this week. Make sure you get into the Listener League. And we will this talk This is Brandon to Kelly, too. the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta 
to Pele. Our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Oh, it tweets it automatically. Look at that. There we go. All right. That was perfect. I can see I can see the mention I'm I'm, I'm looking at myself. It's Look at this. It's great. Good. I'm going to have to cut all this out when we uh All right, I'll do like the real I'll do like the real beginning. Just we'll do like 3 seconds of nothing and then we'll, <laughs> we're just like little children right now. <laughs> That's fun. Great viewing. All right. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome into... Ah, come on. (laughs) I tried. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.